0: The recent tragic events which occurred in the US have left us shocked and horrified. George Floyd is the most recent victim of years of violence against black Americans carried on by law enforcement. The violence is the latest example of a history of institutionalized racism which oppresses and degrades black communities. TBU stands firmly and proudly against all forms of injustice and racism. We will delve deeper in our efforts to help spread awareness and support towards initiatives such as black lives matter to ensure this moment of reflection is not lost this moment must become a spark to generate change in our present and future to build a future of solidarity love and respect we stand together united in the face of injustice and oppression to make a difference Welcome to a new episode of the TBU Think Commercial Podcast. Today we'll start by looking at why companies should support the Black Lives Matter movement. Then we'll move on to the US unemployment rate and why it's been falling lately. And lastly, we'll look at the Lufthansa bailout deal with the German and European governments. So in our first story, we're discussing why companies should actually support the Black Lives Matter movement. And apart from it being the morally right thing to do, companies also have a vested business interest to respond to Black Lives Matter in a positive manner. Companies are being called out even if they superficially support the movement and it's clear that society is demanding more accountability from them especially when we look at fortune 500 companies. Now companies that do not show their commitment to this cause could very well be boycotted by the public and in this internet age which we live in where information is so quickly spread on through digital mediums and people have rapid access to it social movements are even more strongly tied to a business health and when you start discussing this story what can be useful to do is point out relevant examples that we've seen as of late in particular of big companies and what they're doing to actually support this movement so for example you can mention peloton glossier and facebook and how they together with big tech companies have already pledged to donate millions to causes supporting this movement But also an interesting example is Warner Music could delay its IPO out of respect for this protest. And this shows the importance and relevance which companies such as these place on this movement and what it can actually do for their image in the public. But besides looking at why companies should support this movement, it's important to consider how they can do this. And especially when looking at this, we can look at it from a structural level to consider how by placing, for example, greater effort into diversity hiring, Even law firms in the UK can better serve minorities through a greater outreach towards state schools or grammar schools instead of allowing predominantly white private schools take on their hiring. And another interesting solution could be to place a greater spotlight on minority partners and then link them up with minority students from a young age to give them a sort of mentoring figure to look up to and to then guide them through the hiring process and then to join the law firm eventually. And now we'll hear more about this from Xuân to learn more about how companies can support Black Lives Matter.
1: Hey everyone. So, usually we do this with a script. But I thought, let's try this a bit more freely today. This piece links the Black Lives movement and commercial affairs. And it really functions as a statement. Because the sad truth is that for people who aren't intricately affected by systemic biases, or who don't view themselves as allies of the cause for whatever reason, the value of a social justice movement lies in its economic costs and benefits. And from afar, the economic costs don't look that large. We mentioned last week that Hong Kong's protests resulted in uncertainties for the Hong Kong economy, but the S&P 500 is still up at over 1%. How does that work? This isn't a major event in the eyes of the corporate world. For now, anyway. The reopening of the American economy is. So long as the Fed continues propping up the economy, overconfidence will run rampant and the stock market will rally. But I'd put it to you that the economic costs exist. They just aren't as obvious as one might think. And I'll use a simple case study to illustrate this. Let's think of Nike and Pepsi. So I'm sure everyone remembers the Colin Kaepernick ad. It won an Emmy. And it was a gamble, sure, but it paid off. It was beautiful and it was sensitive. It understood the issue. To contrast this, I think we can't forget that horrendous Pepsi ad with Kendall Jenner pulling that social justice stunt. And this is what I mean. This is the statement that I want to make. What I think is that if companies fail to grow alongside the demands of this movement, they risk public approval in an age... The public image matters infinitely more for any business. So I think companies have a vested interest to respond to this in a positive manner. And I hope they do.
0: Those were some excellent points. And something we want to highlight is if you can do get involved with signing petitions and learning more about this movement. And it's essential that this moment of reflection does not go wasted. It must be a spark for us to learn more and drive a change in our future to ensure that it's not lost and it does make a difference. So wherever you can, do make sure you take an active role in driving change. Now, as we said, our second story will look at the U.S. unemployment rate and what's recently been happening to it you know, COVID-19 has had a huge impact on the US economy, but this seems as if it weakened in May, and the unemployment rate in fact fell to 13.3% as the US added another 2.5 million jobs. Now, the reason why this is significant is because it came as a surprise. In fact, the news follows the loss of 20 million jobs in April when unemployment hit 14.7%, and as a result, economists had been expecting a rise to as high as 20%. But what's important to consider is that even if it did drop the rate is still historically high and this is true especially if you compare it with february when the unemployment rate was just 3.5 percent and to support this you can also look at how weekly unemployment claims fell from 6.6 million in april to 1.9 million last week but these are still huge numbers but why did this happen so one reason could be that some of the hardest hit industries began hiring workers again These include for example the leisure and hospitality construction education and healthcare but also retail and to match this we also had the three trillion dollar stimulus which was approved by the white house and congress in march and now in may all these billions of dollars of federal funds are flowing into the economy both in form of direct checks or to individuals or also unemployment benefits but also importantly as loans to small businesses And as a result, all this cash has benefited the economy and allowed, for example, even these small businesses to then go and hire workers to provide them with employment. And it's all benefited, obviously, the drop in unemployment we've seen just now. However, an important point you should consider in an interview is that these figures do not show the full picture. And in fact, a broader measure of unemployment is known as the U6. And this counts workers who have given up looking for a job and also part-time workers who are seeking full-time employment. This measure was 7% in February before the pandemic hit the US, and last month it was 21.2%. Now, having analyzed all this data, why is it so significant? Well, when we see an improvement in the labor market, this brings up hopes in the US and in economists, financial analysts and experts that the US may experience a more rapid economic bounce back from the pandemic than expected and as a result when an economy is doing well businesses should be doing well too and hopefully all these measures um all this rise in employment means there's more business to be done for companies and as a result when businesses do well firms tend to do quite well too or some departments at least for example some departments which have really struggled like M&A who's seen a downfall now we start seeing a pickup in activity as businesses are potentially more keen on driving up these deals and are less faced by the uncertainty in a way, even through these new funds and maybe more confidence in the economy at the moment. And something you can mention to back this up is how, for example, Freshfields and Baker McKenzie have advised on the Charlotte Tilbury takeover from a Spanish makeup brand. And obviously this signals a pickup in activity in M&A in Europe, which is something that could then be transferred to the US and benefit the legal departments in M&A. But obviously, a strong economy and businesses doing well means also more works for commercial lawyers and a department which has been very busy, such as the restructuring departments in law firms during this period, may see a bit less activity. However, to balance this, it's important to consider that the COVID-19 pandemic has had very significant financial impacts, especially for smaller businesses. And this will be dragged on in the longer term and not just disappear following the uh, easing of restrictions. So Lufthansa's supervisory board have accepted the terms of a bailout deal between themselves and the German and EU governments, worth around 9 billion euros. Now this comes after a week of turbulence for the German flag carrier, after its board had previously rejected a similar bailout deal. However, this deal now goes to the shareholders, who will meet at an extraordinary meeting on June 25th, and will need to approve of the deal. Now let's hear from Robert, our European correspondent, for some more insights into this story.
2: Thank you, Ludo, for the introduction. As Ludo has said, Lufthansa's bailout deal has seen some trouble in the past, after the supervisory board of the company previously rejected a deal which would see the company give up some landing spots at its Frankfurt and Munich Hub airports. This proposal by the EU comes after Ryanair threatened a the legal challenge against the bailout, if there were no changes to landing slots. But last week on Monday, following on from talks with the EU going into the weekend, the supervisory board of the company agreed a deal with the EU, worth around 9 billion euros, which will be useful seeing as the company is currently losing around 1 million euros every hour, with the airline allegedly set to run out of cash on June 15th. The deal is also said to include the German government taking a 20 cent stake in the airline, which would make the German government the biggest shareholder in Lufthansa after it was privatised in 1997. According to the EU's antitrust chief Margareta Vestaya, this deal would serve as precedent for other airlines seeking financial aid from EU governments, such as Air France KLM, which could see them as well give away landing slots to competitors. Now this deal goes to the shareholders, who will decide whether to agree to this deal, The vote taking place on June 25th, after the supervisory board recommends to them that they accept the deal. This vote could be tricky, seeing as decisions will have to be made about how to pay back the loan, which could mean further injections of cash from shareholders, and also difficult discussions about job cuts. Also factor in the fact that the German government is said to take a 20% stake in the company, which would dilute the shares of existing shareholders, and it is easy to to see why the shareholder's vote is not a done deal yet. One thing to be aware of when reading about stories and case studies of deals being agreed by large companies is the corporate governance of each company. Now also be aware that models vary between Europe and the US and UK. In Lufthansa's case, as it is a German company, it follows a two-board system, made up of a supervisory board, which we spoke about earlier, which makes strategic decisions for the company going ahead. European and especially German supervisory boards are made up of various representatives of both shareholders and employees of the company. In the European system, there is also the executive board, which is in charge of the day-to-day running of the company and is elected by the supervisory board. The Anglo-American model is called a unitary system, as there is only one board of directors, which is made up of people elected by the shareholders the board in this case is in charge of both day-to-day affairs and also the strategy of the company.
0: Now those were some excellent insights from Robert especially regarding corporate governance and what this deal could mean for Lufthansa and obviously something you can always tie into this is how lawyers could play a role in this in advising governments but also companies such as Lufthansa and getting these deals through and these bailout deals have been quite common as of late to support these businesses especially in the face of the financial implications of a COVID-19 so you can tie all these broader deals in to mention how COVID-19 has had an impact on businesses and why governments are supporting them how they're doing so and what role lawyers could play in all these situations. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have some time, do look at our show notes in our description, where you can find a series of links to donation and petition pages. And if you have some time, do click on those and take part to ensure that we can make a difference from this moment of reflection. Thank you from the TBU team.